Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This will be for section 72. I shall first read the heading. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet at Kirtland, Ohio, December the 4th, 1831. Several elders and members had assembled to learn their duty and to be further edified in the teachings of the church. This section is a compilation of three revelations received on the same day. Verses 1 through 8 make known the calling of Newell K. Whitney as a bishop. He was then called and ordained after which verses 9 through 23 were received, giving additional information as to a bishop's duties. Thereafter, verses 24 through 26 were given, providing instructions concerning the gathering to Zion. A little bit more background here. Edward Partridge was called to be the first bishop of the church in this dispensation on the 4th of February, 1831 in Kirtland, Ohio. In November 1831, the Lord revealed there remain hereafter in the due time of the Lord other bishops to be set apart unto the church to minister even according to the first. The prophet Joseph Smith recorded that on the 4th of December 1831, several of the elders and members assembled together to learn their duty and for edification, and after some time had been spent in conversing about our temporal and spiritual welfare, I received the following. Prophet received the first eight verses of section 72, and immediately Newell K. Whitney was ordained. Then the prophet received the rest of section 72. Alrighty, verse 1. Well, first of all, an early manuscript of section 72 in the handwriting of Joseph Smith and Frederick G. Williams indicates that uh, verses 1 through 8 and 9 through 26 were revelations received separately on the same day and then joined together. Alrighty, verse 1. Hearken and listen to the voice of the Lord, O ye who have assembled yourselves together who are the high priests of my church, to whom the kingdom and power have been given. For verily, thus saith the Lord, it is expedient in me for a bishop to be appointed unto you, or of you, unto the church in this part of the Lord's vineyard. And verily, in this thing ye have done wisely, for it is required of the Lord at the hand of every steward to render an account of his stewardship, both in time and in eternity. For he who is faithful and wise in time and is accounted worthy to inherit the mansions prepared for him of my father. Verily I say unto you, the elders of the church of this part, in this part of my vineyard, shall render an account of their stewardship unto the bishop, which shall be appointed of me in this part of my vineyard. These things shall be had on record to be handed over unto the bishop of Zion, or in Zion. And the duty of the bishop shall be made known by the commandments which have been given, and the voice of the conference. This refers to the consent of those present, indicated by a sustaining vote. The vote itself, which is given by raising the right hand is a form of covenant with two parts. First, sustaining assures acceptance of those whose names are being presented for approval. And second, it ensures the promise of help and support as necessary for them to magnify the office to which they are being called. Illustrating these principles, John Taylor observed, we hold up our right hand when, we, when voting in token before God that we will sustain those for whom we vote. And if we cannot feel to sustain them, we ought not to hold up our hands because to do this, would be an act, would be to act the part of hypocrisy, or I'm sorry, the act of hypocrites. And the question naturally arises, how far shall we sustain them? Or in other words, how far are we at liberty to depart from this covenant which we make before each other and before our God? 
For when we lift up our hands in this way, it is in token to God that we are that we are sincere in what we do, and that we will sustain the parties we vote for. This is the way I look at these things. How far then should we sustain them, and how far should we not? This is a matter of serious importance to us. If we agree to do a thing and do it and do not do it, we become covenant breakers and violators of our obligations, which are perhaps as solemn and binding as anything we can enter into. Uh, let's go back to verse 8 now. And now verily I say unto you, my servant, Neil K. Whitney, as the man who shall be appointed and ordained unto this power, this is the will of the Lord your God, your Redeemer. Even so, amen. Newell, Newell uh, K. Whitney, oh, I broke my, my voice broke there. Newell K. Whitney served under Edward Partridge, a bishop as called by revelation. Newell K. Whitney, staggering under the weight of the responsibility that was about to be placed upon him, said to the prophet Joseph, Brother Joseph, I can't see a bishop in myself. No, but God could see it in him. He was a natural bishop, a first-class man of affairs, probably no other incumbent of that important office. The presiding bishopric to which he eventually attained has been better qualified for it than Newell K. Whitney, but he could not see it, and he shrank from the responsibility. The prophet answered, Go and ask the Lord about it. And Newell did ask the Lord, and he heard a voice from heaven say, Thy strength is in me. That was enough. He accepted the office and served in it faithfully to the end of his days, a period of 18 years. A long time to be a presiding bishop. Verse 9, the word of the Lord, in addition to the law which has been given, making known to the duty of the bishop, making known the duty of the bishop who has been ordained unto the church in this part of the vineyard, which is verily this. The duties of, of the bishop in Kirtland are enumerated in these verses. The bishops involved here were not the bishops of wards. The saints were not divided into the geographic divisions we know as wards until the Nauvoo period. These men, as noted earlier, were traveling or area bishops. As given here, the duties of Bishop Whitney included keeping the Lord's storehouse and receiving the contributions of the saints in his jurisdiction. He was to look after the needy and be responsible for the church's temporal welfare or temporal affairs. He was further obligated to see that those who gathered with the church in Missouri took with them a certificate or recommend, as we would call it today, certifying their faithfulness and right to lay claim upon an inheritance there. Verse 10, to keep the Lord's storehouse, to receive the funds of the church in this part of the vineyard, to take an account of the elders as before has been commanded, and to administer to their wants, who shall pay for that which they receive, inasmuch as they have wherewith to pay that this also may be consecrated to the good of the church, to the poor and needy. And he who hath not wherewith to pay, an account shall be taken and handed over to the bishop of Zion, who shall pay the debt out of that which the Lord shall put into his hands. And the labors of the faithful who labor in spiritual things and administering the gospel and the things of the kingdom unto the church and unto the world shall answer the debt unto the bishop in Zion. Thus it cometh out of the church, for according to the law every man, that cometh up to Zion must lay all things before the bishop in Zion. And now verily I say unto you that as every elder in this part of the vineyard must give an account of his stewardship unto the bishop in this part of the vineyard. A certificate from the judge or bishop in this part of the vineyard unto the bishop in Zion rendereth every man acceptable and answereth all things for an inheritance and to be received as a wise steward and a faithful laborer. Four major responsibilities of a bishop are discussed in these verses. First, the bishop administers the Lord's storehouse, receiving and dispersing church funds and other resources for his area. Second, he evaluates and keeps track of the financial performance of individual stewards in his ward. Third, the bishop is responsible for the temporal welfare of the members of his ward, particularly the poor and the needy. 
And fourth, the bishop serves as a judge in Israel. He has the responsibility of judging and certifying the worthiness of members in his ward. In our day, a bishop is also set apart as the president of the priest's quorum and the presiding high priest of the ward. Verse 18, otherwise he shall not be accepted of the bishop of, of Zion. Going up to Zion was a, a sacred privilege, and only worthy, profitable stewards with recommends from their local bishop were allowed to go. Without a recommend, the Ohio saints were not supposed to go and were not to be received into fellowship or receive an inheritance there if they went on their own. The disobedience of many saints, these and other commandments, however, contributed to the failure to establish Zion in Jackson County. Verse 19, and now verily I say unto you, let every elder who shall give an account unto the bishop of the church in this part of the vineyard be recommended by the church or churches in which he labors, that he may render himself and his accounts approved in all things. And again, let my servants who are appointed as stewards over the literary concerns of my church have claim for assistance upon the bishop or bishops in all things, that the revelations may be established and go for, or published and go forth unto the ends of the earth they also may obtain funds which shall benefit the church in all things. They also may render themselves approved in all things and be accounted as wise stewards. Now behold, this shall be an ensample for all the extensive branches of my church and whatsoever land they shall be established. And now I make an end of my sayings. Amen. 24. A few words in addition to the laws of the kingdom. Remember, these are the couple verses that were added and then combined with, uh, with section 24. Respecting the members of the church. They that are appointed by the Holy Spirit to go up unto Zion, and they who are privileged to go up unto Zion, let them carry unto, let them carry up unto the bishop a certificate from three elders of the church, or a certificate from the bishop. Otherwise, he who shall go up unto the land of Zion shall not be accounted as a wise steward. This is also an ensample. Amen. When Edward Partridge died in Nauvoo in May of 1840, Newell K. Whitney became the presiding bishop. I bear testimony of the truth of these things, that this is uh, revelations given in our time for our day and for our circumstances. And I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.